Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. This week, Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, Ruler Over the Kings of the Earth. Join us in Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. We're going to keep journeying through um, our series called One Love. If you don't have one of these little note things, I have some right there. <laughs> and uh, you want to turn in your Bible to Revelation chapter 1. So the last book in the New Testament, Revelation chapter 1. We're just going to look through six Bible verses um, this morning. And uh, while you're turning in your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, there's probably nobody here that doesn't have one. If you didn't bring yours with you, because if you don't have one, I'll buy you one. Like right now. Actually, I have three. I'll give you one for free. Okay? Here, I have three right here. If you don't have one, so, but you got to come up here and get it. Sorry. Okay. Just come up and take it if you need one. Um, there, every black chair in the auditorium has a Bible under it. And you're going to want to get your Bible or get one of those out because I'm not going to put it on the screen. I crossed a threshold. And you're going to have to bring it to church with you, okay? Or you can use one under the thing if you need to, right? The other thing, you know, you're going to, if you want to take notes, a lot of people like to take notes. I like to take notes. It helps. So um, there's notes on the back of that little worship tool. And if you don't have a pen, 50% of the people in the auditorium are female, And they got one, right? And about 85% of those females have more than one. Okay? I'd be willing to bet there's multiple Veil Christian Church pens in their purses, too. It's fine. Okay? So they're right there. Revelation chapter 1. Okay, and um, so we're in this series called One Love. We're talking about spiritual warfare or this battle this war. So you're going to need your Bible to kind of look at some things today. Back to the battle, right? And the spiritual warfare. What I'm finding is people have a lot of questions about this. You know, we're in a season that I'm going to call, it just feels like it to me. It's a real season. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe I've I've been thinking, maybe it's actually not a season. Maybe it just is. You know, I have said, if you're hoping for things to go back to normal, you're thinking wrong. (laughs) Don't even use it it, like back to normal. There is no going back to anything that I think is normal anymore. It's just not true. So you should eliminate that from your thinking. All right. So um, it's it's because uh, where we are right now, doesn't it feel like it's just a tremendous amount of upheaval everywhere? There's this upheaval everywhere I turn. 
in people's lives. And so, you know, uh, I, I, people are asking me lots of questions about lots of things, right? And it's, it's true. You know what, I, what I'm finding is there's a collision that's happening right here. And it's really hard on, 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 um, on people who have a sense of patriotism in particular and are Christ followers. These worlds are colliding and it's hard to know where I need to be a patriot and where I've got to be careful of that and just focus on um, being a Christ follower, right? When do I drive a stake in the ground in both of those areas about things that are happening, right? Here's a gray area where it's, just, it's, it's hard to know, right? Um, regarding vaccination, right? It's kind of crazy, you know, because it seems like there's a lot of manipulation with it. It's become completely political, which is kind of crazy. Oh, you know, didn't you get the polio vaccine? I'm like, yeah, but it was anything but political. <laughs> uh, you know, it's totally different now. I mean, goodness, it's being wielded like crazy. I was just reading this morning um, of a player. Man, I wish I could remember his name. I think it's Andrew Weeks or Andrew somebody. Anyway, he's a Golden State NBA basketball player. He said, I'm not getting the vaccine. And the NBA hasn't necessarily driven his stake in the ground, although they want you to do that, but California has. And so he plays for the Golden State Warriors. So this morning it just came across, because I'm not a big giant NBA fan, that's for sure, but it came across um, some things when I was up early. And um, he said, well, I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't want to. I don't want to put that in my body. And so they're like, great, you don't get to play in the home games. <laughs> now, maybe he's like, great, just give me the money. I'm fine with that. I don't know. But it seems sort of funny. It just seems sort of weird. I'm like, wow. And it's because of the mandates in California. So everybody's sort of like facing this. What do we do? It's, it comes down to our rights, patriotism. What does a Christ follower do? He claimed religious exemption. And they said, so what? You don't get to play in the home games. So that's just sort of funny. So people are asking, you know, is this, does this violate our religious beliefs and things? And so um, we've been talking about this as a staff quite a bit. So uh, we're working through... Um, a theological position um, on the issue just so that we can, like, well, here's the way we think Christ followers should think. But I don't think it's going to turn out the way it's going to, I don't think it's going to make everybody happy because it's such a gray area because the world is in upheaval. It is. And if you get out of your own little world a little bit and you start reading about just what's happening across the planet, I mean, it's shocking to me. It's staggering because um, I don't know that we always pay attention, right? Maybe you're feeling vulnerable. Maybe you're feeling a little emotional or, and anxious because of the, this disease, this infection, this virus. And so you've lost loved ones. Maybe you've been sick. We've all been um, affected by this. Or become, maybe it, it, it's, I've, I've noticed it's really strange relationships lately. And... Um, Relationships are in trouble, or maybe some things are not just working out the way you thought that would work out. The world is in upheaval, and it's adding to this anxious knot that people have in their stomachs. So I've spent a lot of time with people, and it's just emerging. And uh, there's no doubt that these days are incredibly unstable. 
There's instability in our own community, in our own city, in our own state, in our nation, and globally, worldwide, there's instability everywhere. That's for sure. I believe that we are living in a season of pronounced instability. It's pronounced. In countries around the globe, there are things going on like the escalating tensions in northern uh, uh, Tigray in Ethiopia. I don't know if you've read about what's going on in this region in Ethiopia. It's out of control. The, there's, there's basically terrorism and violence and all this craziness. It's hard to paw through, but all of this is fueling hunger, economic crisis, conflict with each passing day. Right now, 5.5 million people are in need of humanitarian assistance, and communities are experiencing widespread hunger, malnutrition, constant security risks, extremely limited resources. It's crazy in Ethiopia. Unbelievable. Uh, this week, I just read through World Vision. They report last month, more children are going to be on the move than ever before in history. More than 80 million people around the world were forced to flee their homes uh, over this, just this last sort of like quarter. Around half of these 80 million are people under the age of 18. Violence and conflict are the main reason people are fleeing their homes. Violence and conflict, 80 million people, just in this last quarter. That's, that's insane, right? The radical Islamic state in western Niger, I don't know if you know where western Niger is, it's adjacent to Nigeria. And you might be familiar with Nigeria. But the radical Islamic state has been killing hundreds of civilians, mostly farmers, mostly farmers. Farmers, right? <laughs> Mostly farmers. Why are they killing them? It's 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 crazy. They're it, it, um, they're just killing them because they don't. They're they're they want them to submit and do what they want them to do. It's forcing what is happening. It's forcing tens of thousands of people to flee their homes because jihadists have killed more than 420 civilians and farmers just this last month, resulting in all this displacement. Tons of displacement. As a result, 80,000 people um, in December, and now it's escalated to uh, since December, to 160,000 people displaced last month. That's a lot of people. And it's mostly just farmers <laughs> and, and connected to the farming industry. Farmers are just trying to feed themselves and feed people and feed their communities, Right? In Lebanon, Lebanon is not well known for being a super stable place, right? It's always got instability going on. But it's actually a pretty wealthy place, a place that has had normal economic um, health. Banks in Lebanon have turned from being boring places where you wait in line to hotbeds of anxiety, anger, and humiliation. Lebanon has never been, like I said, the picture of stability, but it's still shocking to watch so many people this last few months fall into poverty so quickly as, economic, as, as their economy has utterly collapsed. It's just collapsed. It's just a giant mess. Unbelievable un instability in Lebanon. 
families who are asking for assistance in Lebanon right now include fully employed people, some with university degrees, and most of them white co- have white-collar jobs. I mean, there's people with income and jobs, and they still need food security assistance because it's such a gigantic mess, right? In rural Colombia, farmers again, <laughs> if you want to survive, you plant Cocoa. Coke. That's where we get the Coca-Cola stuff, you know, right? Catatumbo, which produces more cocoa or coca, the raw ingredient for cocaine. Catatumbo, right? Produces more of that stuff than anywhere else in the world. Effectively, it exists, this, this community and this region, it's a region, effectively exists outside, the, outside of the presence of the Colombian state. What are you getting at? It, 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 it's not alone. There's all these regions in Colombia, and it's like they're their own little island outside of actually what is governed by Colombia. And, it, and it's because of the rising violence in and in, um, in, in these communities, in all these zones or regions all over Colombia where armed groups are flourishing amidst, amidst these groups trying to police themselves. It's complete and total corruption, increasing child recruitment, in particular during this uh, kind of time of upheaval. Child recruitment, recruitment for what? For sex trafficking. It's out of control. Armed groups fight amongst themselves against the Colombian military and amongst these groups. They're all fighting each other. You don't even know whose side to be on. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Total corruptions, right? More than 780,000 people have been displaced by violence in the first four months of 2021 on top of another 27 thousand people since then just displaced because people people are just running for i got to get out of here the violence who knows what's going to happen it's out of control colombia is out of control right meanwhile in the rest of the world just keeps reeling from blow after blow in the world that we live in right and this isn't like just big news like oh my gosh I haven't been, maybe you haven't been paying attention. In India, in this last election cycle, there's, just, there, there's basically been a crisis in their election. Imagine that, right? Um, all kinds of violence and people just killed right and left in, in, in this last election cycle. Next door in Sri Lanka, the uh, Sinhalese and the Tamils continue to just kill each other. In this little land, it's just, it's just this little place, it's in total, absolute turmoil. In the Philippines, communist groups threaten the security of the nation. Just tons of these little communist groups just um, uh, emerging right and left, creating total havoc. There's a bloody civil war still in uh, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Lebanon. The racial strife in South Africa is actually ridiculous. In Israel, 
racial strife, right? The economic chaos in Argentina, the oppressive crimes against humanity in China are, are staggering. In China, the destructive drug cartels in Mexico. When we read these things day in and day out, you begin to realize how unstable and how precarious the world is. Just do a little reading. Just get outside of watching maybe mainstream news on... Uh, uh, on television and just do a little work, right? And the fact is, we don't exactly know what's going to happen in either, in any of these political developments because most of it's political. It's weird. And the speed of change, that's what's sort of shocking me. The speed of change in these last months should make us realize that absolutely amazing developments are possible in the near future, beyond anybody's ability to predict. It's moving really, really fast, isn't it? It just keeps moving so fast. And I haven't really said anything about the things that are happening in our own country, in our own community, in our own city, uh, right and left, all the things that people that have approached me about religious exemption things and and just wanting to know um, regarding those, the way the schools are reacting, government and all uh, companies and workplaces. I mean, if you, you've walked around, right, and seen how many small businesses are just don't exist anymore. And you can, you can even walk through the mall if you ever dare to do that. And half of what used to be there is just not there anymore, right? And it's all changing so quickly, so fast. So this is a season that I think has come upon us, and it's, these are days that I just, I'm, I'm calling pronounced instability. It's everywhere, right? And that leads me to this text and the word of hope and encouragement. So I think, I think we need to look at this text by way of, um, because it presents such encouragement and such hope. Not cross your fingers, hope, but real truth and hope, right? Revelation chapter one, you want to read it with me? Here we go. Just six verses or so, right? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must happen very soon. He made it clear by sending his angels to his servant, John, who then testified to everything that he saw concerning the word of God and the testimony about Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the word of this prophecy aloud and blessed are those who hear and obey the things written in it because the time is near. From John to the seven churches that are in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from he who is and who was and who still is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to the one who loves us and has set us free from our sins at the cost of his own blood and has appointed us as a kingdom, as priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and the power forevermore and ever. Amen. Wow. The Apostle John, who writes this, right? 
He's writing to the seven churches in Asia Minor. It's a time of crisis for all of them. Just read the seven letters in chapters two and three, and you'll see what kind of crises are emerging. So John begins with a very reassuring, strengthening, actually encouraging, hopeful word. And there's nothing that's happened between then and now that make these words of hope and encouragement any less relevant or less applicable to Christ followers today. So hear them from the apostle for yourself. The phrase I want to focus on is right in verse 5. You should be looking at it. If I were you, I'd underline it. I just made it the title of the message. The ruler of kings on earth, right? Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings on earth, right? This is what John means when he says that Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. And he says it in, in Revelation 17, 14, and Revelation 19, 16. He says it throughout this letter, right? He's saying, the red dot in the middle of the target, he's saying Jesus reigns over everything. He reigns over everything. This is what I want to declare today. This is what I want to help encourage you with today, help you know, get your arms around in the middle of this amazing political upheaval, these last months and year or whatever, right? Jesus Christ is the ruler of all the kings and presidents and chiefs and premiers and governors and prime ministers, including the president of the United States, Jesus rules and reigns over all these people. When Jesus rose from the dead, God exalted him, gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow, and that includes all the rulers and all the kings of the earth. Jesus is alive today, presiding from heaven over the rulers of the earth. Now, this is a breathtaking thought. If you read your Bible, this is not, this book does not contain God's word. It is God's word. Jesus Christ is alive. He's reigning over all the kings of the earth, all the events of Europe, all the events in the Middle East, all the events of Central America and the United States of America. We need to understand what this means. Here we go. Number one. It's in your notes. Christ controls who becomes king and who does not. The reign of Christ today means that he controls who becomes king and who does not. Daniel 2.21 says he changes times and seasons, deposing some kings and establishing others. What? Yes. When Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, all the authority, right? His meaning includes that God's authority to remove kings and set up kings is given to him. The Father appoints the kings and presidents of the earth through the Son. That's what he does. Does that mean my vote doesn't count? Such a great question. Right? No, your vote counts. You need to vote. Don't get off track, right? This doesn't mean that every king lives a life of obedience to Christ, though. 
or a life that pleases the Lord. God often ordains and eliminates things that do not please him completely. He does it actually all the time. We kind of forget this. We don't notice or we don't investigate enough to see how God works, all right? It means that Jesus overrules the sinful acts of evil rulers and makes their sin and foolishness part of his wise plan for history. The way Christ rules things is not simple. I'm not going to say that. We must say again and again, Romans chapter 11, verse 33, declares this, the depths and the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, how fathomless are his ways. Christ is ruling the governments of Germany, the governments of the Czech lands, you know, that place that used to be called Czechoslovakia that isn't anymore. He's in the establishment of the government in China like he did Cyrus the king in Isaiah chapter 45. You can read six verses there that will show you how he does this. Don't read or listen to the news the way the person who does not believe in Jesus listens. Listen with the ears of scripture and hear the works of Christ, the ruler of the kings of earth. Number two, Christ governs and regulates what the kings of the earth do. The reign of Christ today over the rulers of the earth means this, that he governs and regulates what the kings of the earth do, sometimes holding them back from evil, sometimes ordering international events to further his purposes. Yeah. For example, this blows my mind. In Genesis chapter 20, there's an unbelievable story there. You read about how Abraham went down to Gerar, south of Canaan. So he's traveling down there with his wife to protect himself. Abraham does an unthinkable thing with his beautiful wife, Sarah. He claims that she is his sister. So Abimelech, the king, he takes Sarah into his harem. But God comes to Abimelech in a dream and he threatens him with death, right? If he doesn't give her back untouched. It's an unbelievable story because Abimelech protests his innocence and God says something really important. He says, basically, he says, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. This means that God has the authority to prevent rulers, this king in particular, who do not even know him from doing acts that are sin. God God can and does restrain evil all the time in the hearts of rulers. And this authority right now belongs to Jesus Christ. It's been given to Jesus by God the Father. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Christ is restraining the governments all over the world from harsh and terrible reprisals. And yes, he has not completely restrained um, things as well. Even though he has established the government in China, he hasn't restrained China from committing genocides, genocide and crimes against humanity. Have you heard of this little group um, called Uyghurs in China? They're being just systematically exterminated. It's not a, 
It's not an untruth. It's not, it, it, it's crazy. We just kind of pretend like it's not happening. It's happening in Burma. Just do a little research in Burma. There's genocide being committed in Burma, in Ethiopia, in Iraq, in Syria, in South, South Sudan. You see, he has his wise and loving purposes when he allows sin to take its course. And he has his wise and loving purposes when he restrains the Abimelechs of the world. But not only does he restrain evil, he also orders international events to further his purposes. For example, since he had promised in the Old Testament that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, he chose a young woman in Nazareth to bear a child. He ordered things so that the emperor, Caesar Augustus, true, real, historical figure, would take a census of the whole empire, which caused Joseph and Mary to travel to Bethlehem, from Nazareth to Bethlehem, just when Jesus was to be born. That almost should be enough for people to believe, right? And so today, Christ rules over the nations to order events to accomplish his his redeeming work for men. This is the real meaning of what's happening all over the world today, all around us. God is planning new things for the advancement of his kingdom. We should be praying and seeking and, uh, to be alert about how to be right in step with God in the middle of what he is doing, right? Number three, Christ has the authority to claim citizens for his kingdom. He has the authority to do this. This is the reign of Christ today over the rulers of the earth. It's what this means. He has the authority to claim citizens for his own kingdom. This should be the the thing that makes us the most bold as the church and Christ followers. All the nations, all the states of the earth, he has the right to claim citizens, right? Notice the connection. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. You got to look at this for yourself. I'm going to help you underline some things and put some things together. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, the fact that Christ has all the authority in heaven and on earth, the fact that he is the ruler of the kings of earth, it's already declared, the truth is here, God has revealed it to us, means that he can take citizens anywhere he wants to be in his kingdom. He can do it. This means that the people of Christ are rightfully delegates and rightfully ambassadors of the king who is over all the other kings, and no one has the right to keep them from calling all people everywhere to submit to the king, Christ Jesus. This is our mission and our mandate. This is the purpose of the church. The kings of the earth may not recognize this mission and mandate and authority of the Christ follower in every nation, But the authority of the ruler of the kings on earth is with them in the midst of all of this upheaval, by the way. And we have and they have the authority to go where he sends them to go. And he's given us a mission right here in our community, in our city as well. 
Number four, Christ's cause will gain ascendancy and bring all his saving purposes to triumph, triumph or victory or a, a win, right? The reign of Christ over the kings of earth means all this. 1 Corinthians 15, 25. For he, that's Christ, must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. And in Revelation 17, 14, they will make war with the lamb, but the lamb will conquer them because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those accompanying the lamb are called chosen and faithful. That's the church, chosen and faithful. In other words, because he is ruler of the kings of the earth, he cannot be defeated. His causes gain ascendancy. They gain momentum. They rise. And they will rise and win or triumph. We're headed that way, even though it doesn't feel like it. That's what all the, the implications of all these events are. This is what our minds should be filled with. Christ's Christ is triumphant in his reign over the kings of the earth. He's in control of all his craziness, right? Everything happening today are steps to a decisive triumph. And that's, uh, that's true, and that's hope, and that's real, and that's profound, and that's encouraging. And those are the things that we've got to claim and, and remember and fill our heads with and remind ourselves this is where we have to, what we have to be full of. Um, in, in our thinking. It cannot be otherwise because he's risen from the dead. The ultimate weapon of earthly kings is death, actually, right? But if that weapon's lost its power, if that's been taken away, if it's been stripped from the kings, then they're going to be defeated. And we know that it has. It's only a matter of time, and that's been set by the sovereign wisdom of God because Jesus has conquered death. Here's the last one, number five. Christ is organizing and, I'm going to call it codifying the structure of the world for the good of the church. Christ is organizing and codifying the structure. He's putting it in order. There's a, there's a, a system to this. There's reason. And it's, it's advancing and it's gaining momentum, Right? There's an order to it. It's not just haphazard. The reign of Christ over the rulers of the earth today means this. The codifying structure of the world is for the good of the church. The good of the church. And that means the good. it's for your and my good. You can see it here in, the, in this text that we're in in Revelation, but in other texts as well. In Ephesians 1.22, it says, and God put all things under Christ's feet and he gave him to the church as head over all things. He reigns, in other words, for the sake of the church. That's why I don't like people messing with or monkeying with the church or just sort of treating the church poorly. You know, I can't get this thinking out of my head when I get into the church van, I know it's going to sound crazy, but when I get into the church van, it bugs me sometimes because the church van gets treated like a rental car. 
it's nobody's. So you just kind of treat it poorly. And it really bugs me. I can't, this verse, it's, it's, I don't know, it's because of my youth pastor. I'm blaming it on him because he taught through this verse and he used an illustration about the church fan. <laughs> he gave all this to the church. The church is the bride of Christ. And so the church fan belongs to the bride of Christ. That's the connection there, right? This is an awesome thought. You should, it should utterly revolutionize the way you watch and you read the news and live out your life and pay attention. If you watch the news with the eyes of faith, you're seeing played out before you the divine strategy, the codifying structure for the purifying and expansion of the body of Christ. That's what we're seeing right here. You can see this good news right here in Revelation chapter 1. Go back to Revelation chapter 1. Open it up. Look at it really quick. I'm going to help you underline a few things that will simplify two verses, verses 4 and 5. It says first, grace and peace to you from. Underline that. Highlight just that phrase. And then it goes on to say, he who is and he who was and he who is still to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And then it goes to verse five, and from Jesus Christ. Highlight that, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness from the firstborn among the dead, the ruler over the kings of earth. Highlight that. You may have already underlined that to the one who loves us and has set us free from our sins at the cost of his own blood. If you just read the highlight now, it reads like this. Grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ, the ruler over the kings of the earth. In other words, what does John want us to know? It's actually really simple, very focused right here. He wants us to know that the authority of the Christ of the Christ over the kings of the earth is designed to bring grace and peace to his people. That's it. That's true. Whether Christ is ordering China or whether he's codifying the structure in Ukraine, Haiti, Israel, Russia, or any other global body or country or continent, if you will. Do you remember what happened in 1989 in the news? You probably saw this because it was, it was, it was worldwide. It didn't even. It almost just transcended political positions, right? In 1989, there was this event that all was surrounded um, in China in Tiananmen Square. That's all I have to say, right? You remember that? Do you remember the guy standing in front of the tank? You remember why? People were rising up, the press and everybody, they wanted this democracy to emerge in China. 1989, the Chinese Christ followers, just reading some of this recently, the Chinese Christ followers who wept and cried and just were heartbroken over the crush of democratic life in, D in Tiananmen Square. You know what they said? I found this quote, I just thought it's just a random thing. This is what they were saying. They said, this was the wisdom and the love of God because it got squashed. This democratic movement in communist China just was squashed, right? The Christ followers said, this was the wisdom and the love of God. The church was not ready for liberty. 
The church needs to be purified still further. You know, you can only say that if you really understand who's in control of things and if you read your Bible. This too is grace and it leads to the true peace of the people of God. Everything that's going on around us. Be encouraged, be strengthened, be hopeful, be bold. As you're looking at all this stuff, no whining and complaining. I know it's hard. I know it's ridiculous. I think it's painful. Christ controls who becomes king and who does not. That's truth drawn right out of the text. Christ governs and regulates what the kings of earth do. They're not just randomly doing what they want. Christ has authority to claim citizens for his kingdom. He does. So we have a job. We have a mission and a mandate. Christ's cause will gain ascendancy and bring his uh, all-saving purposes to triumph. It's going to gather momentum. You got to hang on. And you got to be connected and involved. And number five, Christ is organizing, arranging, and codifying the structure or ordering the structure around the world for the good of the church. And I think it's going to get harder and more difficult. And I think it's going to cost us a lot. I think we got to be ready. So, grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings of earth. Father in heaven, thank you. It is in total. There's, it's, there's pronounced instability all around us. It's everywhere. It's kind of crazy. Everywhere I turn, things seem to be somewhat out of control. Help us to, to grab a hold, though, of the truth and our relationship with you and be on our knees because it's, it's actually not. It's not out of control. You're in complete control of all this and there's purpose behind it all. And as we journey together through this spiritual war, we're calling one love for the one love, the love of the Savior. God, would you encourage us and, and bring confidence and security and joy and peace as we journey through all of this. Help us to navigate boldly at times and hold on to our patriotism loosely sometimes. Help us to know when it's time to march and protest and when it's time to forgive and embrace. Help us to know, Lord God, when it's time to be bold and share our faith and when it's time to um, to just live it out and serve people. These are interesting times, Lord. We want to be equipped and ready. Help us to claim these promises so that we can navigate through this war. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, 
please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.